sensible, just call a professional roofer. There. Right there, Peg, is the problem with America. We've lost our spirit of self-reliance. Something's leaking, call someone. Something's broken, call someone. One of the kids suffers a ruptured appendix, call someone. (laughs) Whatever happened to the old American spirit of, I can fix it myself? Let's rock. I get a open. No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Ash. What's up, guys? This is the Married with Children podcast. My name is Al. I am joined by a hunchback and a duty scooper. Dibs on duty scooper. Oh, come on, guys. What? No love for the hunchback? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jamie, and I broke my reception glasses. And I'm Dan, and God, it smells like ham in here. (laughs) And the roof is leaking here at the nudie bar, and we have the window open. You can hear the rain. Uh, we are reviewing <laughs> Who'll Stop the Rain, Season 4, Episode 13, air date January 7th, 1990, guys. Woo! Coming into the new decade. Do you believe yeah. that? When a rainstorm causes a leaky roof, a penny-pinching Al fumbles as a handyman when he tries to fix it himself. Yeah, we are in 1990 now. I lost a sigh, I can get it back, I can get it back. Yeah, this is the Ninja Turtles, all the 90s stuff, the music, the grunge. Now, it's not going to hit yet. It's still going to be Guns N' Roses for a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's still going to be Fat Axl Rose looking like Kennison in the last episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Mary with Children show is actually known as like a 90s TV sitcom. That's how I think of it as. Yeah. Alex. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, no one thinks of this as the 80s, really. So so here we are. We're in the years now that it's known for. We're still in season four. A couple episodes ago, about nine more to go. This episode is basically uh, all about a rainy day. And it's funny because last night when I was watching it and taking notes, it was raining. Ooh. And it's raining right now outside. Yeah, this episode, now while it does have its very funny moments, and it does sort of push things along a little bit with Steve and Marcy, Mm -hmm. it feels like a filler episode. Mm. It does, but to me it's a super strong filler, like... Oh, I think it is strong, and I think it's very funny, but, you know, coming off of the Kennison episode... it almost feels like uh, we need to take a breather. I mean, this is a the whole I'm a terrible handyman, can't fix things around the house, constantly hurting myself is a common sitcom trope. But it doesn't really do anything to push the narrative overall. Right. Um, at least for them. Now, for we do, like I said, get a little bit with Steve and Marcy, but... The show, I don't think, is generic because I think it's very strong, but the premise. subject matter is very generic. Yes. Yeah, the premise is um, – well, funny you say that. They actually did this premise already with Build a Better Mousetrap when Al was trying to get rid of the mouse in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was because he didn't want to call an exterminator himself. Now, at the end of that episode – they do call. The guy walks right down the basement, comes right back up with a mouse in a box within seconds. And Al, like, went... It was a chaos trying to get the mouse out of the house. This one does it better. I think the the, the tone is better. The mood is better. The It was just so strong the whole time. And I thought it was a one-note episode when I, like, thought about it before I watched it. But actually watching it... It's, it's like just so well written that I was like, no, this is a really good time. Mm-hmm. I had a good time watching it, and I actually watched it two times. 
uh, in one night, which I normally don't do. Because as I was taking notes, I felt I was losing some of the fun of watching it. So I said, I want to have that fun time and just watch it and not have to worry about notes because I, I, I liked it so much as I was taking notes and I did and it was it still held up right away afterwards. So, Well, I got a question. Do you guys think that much like – what was the episode? Was it the, the car episode um, where we said something similar? I forget what it was where um, – because it was the main writers, right? Mm-hmm. And we had basically said that – I'm sure they have um, certain episodes throughout the season that that they have, um, you know, pre-planned or, or pre-set, so to speak. Yeah, it was the car episode, yeah. The car episode, right? Because, listen, if you're thinking about it, right, like the um, the, the Kinnison episode, that's probably like a, a big deal. You know, you got – you got um, a lot of moving parts with that, I, you know, and it's just such a obviously it's a two part or Christmas episode, kind of a big, big deal. Coming off of that, um, you don't want to go too far left with it. You kind of want to do like, you know, go, go back to the basics, so to speak. And I think that that this is one of those episodes like, all right, let's reel it back in. And those episodes are, are definitely um, exemplified by the fact that there's really nobody else in it except for the Bundys and Marcy and Steve. You know, like they you know what I'm saying? Like there's no hot chicks in this episode. There's nothing. It's just kind of bare bones. That would lead me to believe that that, yeah, this could fit in anywhere uh, throughout the season, yeah, and 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 not require any outsourcing in terms of like cast or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely like a very contained episode. But yeah. I would even call, and I I totally understand that phrase though, filler. Like I was gonna say that myself, but I wouldn't even call it filler. I just I I I like the dynamic though. I like the difference between you know the crazy episodes with all the different people, or whatever. But then also I like the flip side to it, where it's just you know just the Bundys and and obviously Marcy and Steve. I I, I just I always include them because they just seem like part of the family. Obviously, they're part of the main cast. Yeah, yeah, it's. I know that Amanda Burse, uh, she mentioned one time that people only think of the show as the Bundys, and and they think of them two as a very secondary type thing. And I told her, no way. I said, no, I never thought of it that way. And this and that, it was always the whole thing to me. Um, you're you're the, a very big part. You don't get as much screen time, you know, most of the time. Mm-hmm. But no, I never thought of it as you're not uh, as important. Right. This was directed by Jerry Cohen, writers Kevin Curran, Michael Moy. Boy, I love the rain. Have ever since I was a little boy. Dad used to say rain is the sound of angels flushing. <laughs> Good night, Peg. Al has always loved the rain. Even when he was a kid, uh, I think we all do, right? Absolutely. Oh my God! Yeah, it's my favorite. And he does a weird reference to uh, an episode that uh, was not really uh, thought of highly on this podcast. He made a reference to a dump of my own, where uh, Al was obsessed with toilet bowls, and he said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> His dad said that the that rain was the sound of angels flushing, and like, why would that make you happy? <laughs> because toilets are a big deal in his house. I don't. I get the whole thing. Like going to the bathroom is, is his thing. He puts the newspaper under his arm, goes upstairs or whatever. But it's getting a little too into it when you care about the bowl and how it flushes and the, the sound of. <laughs> flushing and thinking of angels flushing why would that ever be a euphoric thought in your head like and that like do you think he's thinking of sam kennison flushing because he's like an angel now right all <laughs> oh, right yeah good callback nice yeah <laughs> so um great now i'm picturing sam kennison on the toilet and that is not something i ever wanted to do no not after one of his partied out nights not ever. I don't ever want to picture that. Yeah, even <laughs> of him just making that face going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> even if he was a health nut, I wouldn't want to think of it. Oh, ow. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, Peg, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, 
come on, honey. You don't have to be awake. Just the usual, I'm done, how about you? We'll be fine. <laughs> oh, come on. Look, let's compromise. I'll set the alarm clock for two. That way you can get a little rest. And I'll while away the time listening to your body ferment. <laughs> Great, I'm the only guy in the world that has to wake up to have a nightmare. <laughs> Good night, honey. Good night. I'll see you at two. She looks really good in that nightgown, by the way. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah, dude. I was going to say that for real. Yeah, when she says... All aboard? Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't seem like such a bad idea. <laughs> so they set an alarm for 2 in the morning. Like, I would never want to have sex at 2 in the morning. I mean, I've done it, but... What's specifically wrong with 2 in the morning? Because I'm already sleeping, and I've been sleeping for probably 3 hours by then, or 4 hours. Oh, Just like a weird thing to do, yeah. Something dawned on me, Alex, when uh, when when you see Peggy though messing with it, obviously, you know, to, to wake to wake Al up. Um, I was thinking of all why are the, the kids still up. Yeah, why, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Why are they still oh, awake? Wow. Yeah, that's a good point too. Now, with um, with with all things considered, with Peg, right? Because just she just keeps pouring it on i mean this poor guy like he just cannot catch a break like peg is so horrible in so many ways um i started to see like i it was weird but i started to see like the origins of Gemma teller in there uh-huh. <laughs> like i just started to like really like not despise her but like oh my god she is just so evil and uh and you can definitely tell that that character <laughs> It was probably spawned from Pe- from Peggy Bundy in certain aspects. Well, she was more evil in season three. They toned her down a little for the majority of season four, but I think she's slowly getting back in, as you said. Like that, she's pretty sadistic in this episode. So yeah, yeah definitely. They're laying in bed, and the roof starts leaking, and it goes through the ceiling right on Al's side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> And Al said he'd rather fix the roof than have sex because after he fixes the roof, it won't ask him to fix it again. (laughs) Now sit down, kids. Now look, I know sometimes you feel you don't see enough of your dad and you think he's maybe too busy to care for us. Well, get ready because your father is about to do something for us that we'll never forget. And I want us all to enjoy it as a family. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, the ceiling do- the ceiling doesn't leak on the kids while they're sitting there waiting for Al to fall off the roof. Although that was weird. Now just look over at that window. <laughs> About now. <laughs> okay, kids, back to bed. Aw, thanks, Mom. Tell Daddy was cool. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around the way she presents that, the and the kids cheer, and there's they couldn't look happier. <laughs> no one's concerned. Horrible people. Yeah. And if you look at the the house in the beginning of the show, it's a pretty high drop. So, but no one's concerned that. Do you think Daddy broke his neck? Nothing. <laughs> they, and then Bud says, "Tell Dad it was really cool." That's the best part of the whole thing. Hey, listen, when he when he gets back, tell him it was cool. <laughs> Kelly's gonna give him his wallet back. Yeah. Not the it's money. Like- <laughs> but not the cash. We didn't see him land. <laughs> now Al moved pretty fast to get up on that roof. By the way, yes, yeah, that was <laughs> that was. Yeah, he moved faster than Jason in part four after he he gives the the corkscrew to the hand and the cleaver to the face, then goes up, throws the girl out of the window, then goes back downstairs to get uh, the guy by the movie proje- projector. Like, literally, Al moves at that those speeds. He's, <laughs> he learned to move as fast as Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Maybe he Ted? has underground tunnels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh. And Al moves pretty quickly to get back in the house, back into the bedroom. Peg fixes the clock to go off early. She says she'll set it for 157, but it's obviously probably just one minute before it actually goes off, uh, not three. But, uh, you know, whatever. We have to presumably say that Al had sex with Peg because he didn't say no. He agreed to right. 2 o'clock and they got it. So Peg 
gets a sex point. All right, who's going up with me? Besides Bud. <laughs> Dad, if you really expect someone to go up on that roof with you, they'd have to be a total moron. And here's my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going up there. <laughs> I mean, I love that. She just automatically assumes if somebody calls or uses the phrase moron, they're aiming it at her. Ah. <laughs> she was so adorable, though, when she said that. She was. I love it. You know I love Kelly. <laughs> I feel like Kelly and Peg really shined in this episode. Uh, and Marcy. It was, it was a big episode for the chicks of the show because Peg is just really amazing in this episode. Her delivery and the way she gets the joke as an actress and the way she, yeah. you know, is able to, to um, sell the absurdity. And But you, you got to remember, you're doing something absurd, but you got to sell this like it's real. This is a real, these are real people and this is really happening. And, mm-hmm. and she does that. She brings that to life. So mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing how she like is able and and Ed O'Neill too, you know, obviously he 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 acts like a real person would do any of this stuff. He kind of sells that too really well. So they really get what the writers were going for and the evolution of the show, how it became a little more cartoonish, and, but it works so it's such a fine great line. It's a great blend of these like aspects. Yeah. Even to the point where they even reference a cartoon <laughs> Uh, in here. Al, be sensible. Just call a professional roofer. There. Right there, Peg, is the problem with America. We've lost our spirit of self-reliance. Something's leaking, call someone. Something's broken, call someone. One of the kids suffers a ruptured appendix, call someone. (laughs) Whatever happened to the old American spirit of I can fix it myself? What happened to rugged American manhood? We don't know yet, Dad. Kelly's tests aren't back from the lab. Chew Dad's sock. Eat Mom's food. We're missing a point here. I want to inspire you guys to great heights. But you could be a doctor or a lawyer. Kelly. You could button your own coat. Anyhow, I want you guys to see what one Bundy can accomplish. I want you to say there's no task Daddy can't do. Then they better not ask me. <laughs> Dan to cushion pay. Dan, are you a handyman? I I'm really not, but um, but over the years I've I've tried to acquire a trade or two, tried to pick things up. Right. But no, I'm more like uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor in that aspect. Okay. Uh, is Brian a handyman, Jamie? Uh... I guess he's calling somebody, isn't he? <laughs> um, usually me. <laughs> you, you're a handy woman. I do most of the repairs and stuff around the house. Really? Now, how do you know how to do this stuff? Because uh, I don't know. I mean, I lived on my own from the time that I was eighteen, so. I took care of stuff myself. You just didn't want to waste money calling people? Well, I didn't. When I was young, I didn't always have money to call people. So I had to figure out how to do things on my own. And I don't know. I also like doing it. Yeah, I'm a hybrid of of things. Like, I do as much as I can. And when it gets to the point where I'm afraid that I can make it worse and sort of a serious thing then I, I won't bother with it, you know? Like, uh, I don't want to mess something up that it, it would make it catastrophically worse and cost more money in the end. Right. But, like, I'll do most things around the house. I mean, that's Brian, really. He, it's not that he's incapable. I think he just would rather call someone to do it. One, to make sure, to one, to make sure that if anything does go wrong, then someone... Right. Someone has to fix it. You know, it doesn't end up costing more money. Right. Um, also, I think he just doesn't like it. Like he, he just doesn't enjoy it. And so he's like, eh, yeah. just call somebody. You know. I, I found too though. Like, so <clears throat> I know it's like a crazy concept, but like I like diving into projects and stuff like that because 
I came to a realization like uh, probably five or six years ago when I worked for the DPW doing stuff, especially like, okay, yeah, you work for the town, like you work, whatever. But everything is so straightforward. Like there's really no tricks to anything. Like you have certain tools that will help you, you know what I mean? Like like they have post hole diggers and they have certain, you know, things to, to snake out a drain and all these type of things. But But really it's just – just doing it like it's 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 a very simple concept and once you kind of realize that and you can pretty much throw yourself into anything and 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 if you're really unsure i mean it's 2018 like look it up on youtube yeah that's <laughs> i think people are much more inclined to be uh handymen now because you can just look anything up and as long as you go and find the right stuff at home depot or whatever you're good anyhow guys bundy men have always been masters of their fate remember grandpa bundy he sure knew his way around a toolbox. There was a fixin' man. You mean Grandpa Hook? <laughs> yeah, well, circular saws were new back then. <laughs> but damn it, he carved his own hook afterwards. He carried on. You didn't see him calling someone. Well, it would have been difficult for him to hold the phone. <laughs> you know, he only had one finger left on that other hand after that mix-up with the nail gun. <laughs> One finger is all a real American needs. <laughs> Scarf, if you will. But Grandpa Hook's blood runs in my veins. I will fix this roof and show you all that Daddy can do it. Is this the same guy on the couch in when Al was uh, desperately seeking Miss October? This is Good this question. is what had he me. He had both hands. Right. He did have both hands, but then again, do you gain your hand back when you die and you're coming as a... That's a good question. Right. Right? Um, but he, the thing with that is, yeah, it's his wording that is kind of like, uh, how did he word that? When he says Grandpa Bundy, is he talking like parents do? Like, yeah, call your grandpa. Like, call grandpa. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, as the, Do you see what I'm saying? So, or was it, was it Al's grandpa? Yeah, how come he didn't say great grandpa Bundy if he meant his grandparents? Because that's how he would talk to the kids, at least, right? Exactly. And you know how, like, that's how people, you know, like, families talk to each other. You know what I mean? Like, like call, like, say their father or their, you know, grandpa, grandma, whatever, when clearly it's their mother. But they reference it in terms of the perspective from the, the kids. Yeah. I don't know. But, I like, you know, we've had in-depth ghost discussions like... Oh, if you die with a bad haircut, does your ghost have that same horrible haircut or is it the good <laughs> haircut? You know, if you, you know, we we came up with a bunch bunch of scenarios. If you die in the shower, are you a naked ghost? You know, like it's <laughs> it's a weird like how does if you're a ghost, who picks your clothes out? <laughs> you know, it's like the right. weirdest thing. You know, uh, I don't know. And, and so if you died with one finger and a hook uh would your hands go back to normal yeah like why why as like a forest ghost is he anakin again he should look like vader as americans we only need one finger yeah the middle one <laughs> <laughs> so that's the weird that's why i have a hard time believing ghosts because it's just the logistics just don't work it, it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't make sense. Like if I wore a, a Aerosmith T-shirt when I died, am I going to wear that as a ghost? You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, uh, and like, oh no, you'll you'll wear the suit that you were buried. Well, why? Who said? Okay, you know what? Let's give him the suit he was buried in because that's nicer. Who decides that's nicer than a, my other T-shirt? But well, yet the hitchhiker ghost is always wearing her prom dress. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, I don't know. But uh, it's an interesting thing to ponder for a second. Mom, does this mean that Daddy's too cheap to call a roofer? <laughs> now, honey, let's give your father some credit. He may just be too stupid. <laughs> now, we all know Daddy's going to fall. You know what you've got to do. Get, Get the, the camera. camera. <laughs> no, we actually have enough pictures of Daddy on the floor in the wedding album. <laughs> Go get the old wading pool out of the garage. Paint Here Comes Stupid on the bottom of it and hold it under him. Well, that pool's kind of old. Won't Dad fall right through it? We'll just hold it closer to the ground. 
Now, what would ho- holding a waiting pool under Al accomplish in any way? I keep picturing those clowns but oh, that that have, the like, the, the paper target, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that they run around with. And, I mean, obviously that, as well as this, is a parody of firemen who have the the jumper but the thing is, them holding it in the rain, it's wet, slippery, it's rubber. As soon as he comes in contact, it would slip right out of their hands. It wouldn't break any momentum. You know, it wouldn't do Oh, anything. that's true. Yeah, it's just like the weirdest thing to even do. It's just, it's like all three of them are dumb. Well, the whole concept is just ridiculous right. to begin with. <laughs> Why do they even have a kiddie pool? Oh, they do, and it comes back, and it's really cool what Al does with it. And the ki- the kids are part of it. I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yep. Yep. He, he gets a little jacuzzi action going. <laughs> I just saw that episode the other day. <laughs> it's a great one. It is. Peggy, you won't believe the good news. Steve just called. He finally got a job. He sounded very excited. Well, what's he going to be doing? I don't know, but I bet it's big. He sounded like the old Steve on the phone. Confident, proud, money-grubbing. Oh, Oh, I can't wait to see him. His tie swinging erectly in the wind. His taut buttocks yearning to break free from their gabardine bonds. Peggy, I finally have my Steve back. So here... I'm returning your shower massage. (laughs) If only it could take out the garbage, huh? (laughs) Oh, hi, Marcy. I'm glad you're here. Bring that second income to Mommy. (laughs) How much are you making? Well, uh... Marcy, now it's, it's not how much you make. It's how meaningful the work is to you. Sure it is. How much? Well, actually, I'm making $3.40 an hour. What do you do? Dance in the park in your underwear? You happen to be looking at the new pet handler and executive cage cleaner at Slithers. Chicago's fifth largest exotic pet emporium. I guess you'll be wanting this bag. That's bull. Nobody in their right mind would ever let this boss go killing SOB around any type of animal. Any. Yeah, he was famous for it. Yeah. He was, like, he was, he was, like, it just makes no sense. And it infuriated me that they got, because I feel like that was a dig. I feel like that was a dig against me. It was personal. And, <laughs> and, and, and a they, dig against Bosco. I was five years old when this happened, but it was still a dig okay. at me. And, and yeah, that's a personal attack on my boy Bosco. Yeah, what, no background checks or anything? I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, so he's making $3.40 an hour now. Oh, oh, Jamie, Jamie. Hmm. That's $6.80 now. Yeah. Uh, she just pulled out the calculator. You, you took her thunder. So that's six six eighty is not too bad, I guess, right? Oh, Marcy gets the greatest job in the world, and I brought home a little friend. It's Scoopy! A Scoopy is a Peruvian devil gerbil. But don't let the name fool you. He's really quite friendly. Only the female of the species is actually poisonous. So, uh, he names this Peruvian devil gerbil Scoopy, which is, I never heard of a name like that. I guess it's just Scooby with a P instead of a B. Scoopy? Like he's scooping something? Why would you name... What's a scooper? It's better than a duty scooper. <laughs> so, uh, a Peruvian devil gerbil does not really exist. I looked it up, and it it, it only uh, brought up the married with children stuff. Oh, isn't he cute? Bud, Kelly, come see this! <laughs> oh, no! And then Al, and I like how they make like that mattered. It wouldn't make a difference. Al falling onto the kiddie pool on the ground and him just knocking it out of their hands right to the ground would make no difference. But it does look like Al, uh, you know, suffered their negligence. So that's that's funny. (laughs) Um, Steve thinks it's a good idea that Marcy bond with Scoopy by 
letting it crawl on Marcy's shoulder and eventually down her blouse. It's weird because when Marcy first looks into the shoebox and she looks at Scoopy, she starts having this weird twitching. Like, if you watch it again, she, like, has a weird, like, blinking thing and weird face-shaking thing when she's looking at it. Like, either she's horrified or freaked out or whatever the the case. And then what eventually happens is almost like as if it was leading. I don't know. It was leading to something. So it crawls down Marcy's blouse, begins to bite her. She goes screaming out of the house. Here. Just... Just let him nest on your shoulder. Bond with him. Steve. He's crawling down my blouse. He's biting me. Oh, Marcy, believe me, if you're biting you, it'd be a lot more painful. You'd be screaming and everything. Marcy's just playing. Don't roll on the lawn. You'll hurt him. When Marcy runs out of the house, Steve... Uh, while he's shouting out from the from inside the Bundy's house, <laughs> that's at it's at that point you see possibly the worst rain effect of all time. The rain that's that's coming down in front of the Bundy's door in in the front of their house. It looks like they just held, you know, those the wide like the bar sprinkler that just goes back yeah. and forth. It looks like they're just facing that down. Right. There's like six streams of water just going straight down. It's like really bad. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I remember seeing that, yeah. Was I the only one who was concerned about the set of the Bundy house being damaged with his rain effects and the drips and everywhere? I thought about it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're kind of ruining the set. you got to stop this. <laughs> oh, poor Marcy! Help me! Oh, I wish there was something we could do for her. I, I hate to see people in pain. I'm dying. Al, you're tracking mud on the carpet. Well, it's not all mud. Some of it's colon. So, did you fix the roof, Daddy? No, pumpkin, I didn't. When I got up there, I saw this hole, but I figured it'd be a lot more fun to take a header off the roof into the yard. <laughs> of course I fixed it. I said I'd fix it, and I fixed it. So I guess we all know what Daddy can do now. But Al fixed the hole at that point and started another one in the living room. <laughs> Loser no more, eh, Dad? Can we call a roofer now? No, we can't. I'm going back up there. But this time I'm going up with the right equipment. A wily coyote mask? <laughs> no, my love. You know, a lot of younger people won't know that wily coyote is the coyote that was always chasing the roadrunner. Oh, I can't believe you just had to explain that. You just made I it know. I was thinking how, how sad that is. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Most pe- I mean, it probably popped up in some images and even a 20-year-old's. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Yeah, meep, meep. And you know that they actually credit people as the voice for years on that? Like, some guy did that for years, and then another guy did it for years, and another guy did it for years. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Meep, meep. Like, why wouldn't you just have somebody record it once and then just use that forever? Yeah, right? Well, different emotions, you know. (laughs) Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. You sound like Beaker. Yeah, Beaker. I was I was trying to think of his name, Jamie Beaker. See, that's why I got to hire a good uh, voice guy. Uh, this show started September seventeenth, nineteen forty nine. Believe it or not, uh, there's not a ton of episodes. Believe it or not, it's sporadically. Maybe that's the day after my birthday. Well, not the same year. Uh... No, 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 no. <laughs> they made a, a a good chunk of episodes. Not a ton at all compared to anything that goes on now with cartoons. Um, and it, it, they sporadically made some and they stopped around 2014. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good cartoon. Um, it was just basically the coyote going after the roadrunner to eat him and he kept like falling off of cliffs and stuff. And that's the reference to Al. Like you would see him fall all the way down, like, (laughs) and that's what that was all about. When Peg said that the thing to do is to have the right shoe. 
And the left one, too, Dad. Thank you, honey. Yes. <laughs> the left one, too, Daddy. Yeah, and her face, that blank stare afterwards. Classic, Kelly. Classic. She's so cute when she tries to help. I love it. It's becoming one of my favorite things. Like, she's so adorable. She's just so dumb. Yep. Now, damn it, I said I'd fix that roof, and fix it I will. This is one man against nature. And that man happens to be Al Bundy. And as God is my witness, I'll never be wet again. Now there's six to seven holes uh, in the roof, uh, in the bedroom alone, because Al walked on the roof with spiked golf shoes. I got sunshine <laughs> on a cloudy day. Oh, when it's cold out, shut up. <laughs> How many more holes did you put in the roof by walking on it in spiked golf shoes? <laughs> now, this is like when. Katie Seagull really shines. Like, acting like that's annoying that you did that. Now we can't watch TV. And I was like, <laughs> gee, I'm sorry, Peg. Uh, I was looking. I just grabbed the first thing that hit my face on the way right. down. Oh, and uh, by the way, honey, this time on your way down, you took out our TV antenna. I'm sorry, Peg, but I needed something to break my fall. <laughs> Since there was no live wire or your neck handy. <laughs> I grabbed the first thing that hit my face. Well, you know, our reception is shot to hell. Oh, I'm sorry, Peg. <laughs> Had I known you wanted to watch Dallas tonight, I would have just put my hands behind my back and slalomed headfirst onto the patio. You know, it's this show was actually produced before the Christmas episode, too. So this was 89, but not that that matters. I was more just going to say, like, this definitely dates the show because when's the last time you've seen an antenna on top of a house? Right. Right? At least, what, 20 years maybe? Uh, has it been that long? Have you you've seen them, but um, 10 or so, they shouldn't. you shouldn't have seen them anymore after 10 years. Right. But nobody uses them. Uh, you can't even use antennas anymore I don't, since they did the whole digital. Digital, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The TV thing, you have to have. I mean, like they they totally changed everything. You just can't have TV with rabbit ears like you used to, you know. So, yeah, they're totally useless, as far as I know. Unless no, you're right. They stopped about I thought ten years ago. I think it's about ten years ago. Yeah. Or ooh, maybe longer than that. But that seems <laughs> about right. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you have to just... I don't know, because at the time I was living in Athens, and when I was living in Athens, you couldn't get TV without cable, period. I mean, even way, even before they did the whole digital switchover thing, just because I could never get reception. Well, that's because you're in Greece. In order to... (laughs) In order to get any kind of TV, I always had to have an an antenna. I always had to have cable. Hmm. So... It didn't actually affect me when the digital switchover happened. I remember people losing their minds. I know. It's it's like, why do you care? Such a be is going to be such a pain, you know. And like, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it it really ended up being, you know, nothing in the, in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, I knew people who were very upset about that. It's like, do rabbit ears uh, come with the flat screen TVs? Like, why do you care? I still have a <laughs> I still have a round back, man. And they're like, well, that's your first problem? <laughs> oh man, my last TV before I got my first flat screen must have weighed like nine hundred oh, pounds. God. Uh, <laughs> Peg, you know, is complaining about like this TV situation, and mm-hmm. Al says, "Oh, I'm sorry. If I knew you wanted to watch Dallas, you know, I would have grabbed something else or whatever." Yeah. Do you guys know the show Dallas? I know it's like famous for one major event. Who shot Jr.? Yeah, I watched that show religiously. Well, see, I knew it. I had this feeling. I'm like, Jamie watches Dallas. I knew it. 
I did. I watched. I watched that show religiously. Yeah, it's a it's a soap opera that uh, was on CBS from uh, April. It ran 70- for thirteen years. Yeah, seventy eight to ninety one. Hmm. Uh, it was about a uh, wealthy feuding Texas family who had an oil company and. The, the closest thing I ever saw to Dallas was uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns. <laughs> well, you also, you know the um, the uh, the Family Guy episode, right. right? Where they oh, so funny, yeah. And where they do the whole Victoria Principal Patrick Duffy yeah. waking up at the end. It, what's Family Guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, classic. Are you ready to give up yet? I am not. <laughs> just so happens that I have three unbroken bones yet. I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all drown before I quit. Good night. Did you guys notice that Al flubs a line in this episode? Which one? He was like, "I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all be drown before I do this." Really? I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all drown before I quit. And I thought that he flubbed the line because. I think the audience might have been cheering too loud, so he thought it wouldn't be audible. That's the only time that I've noticed where um, you you see them actually reacting like in real time is waiting for the audience to uh, to settle down. Like you'll see him go into a line and stop for a second, wait, and then go into it. I yeah. love I love that stuff though. It's great because because it just reminds me of like that whole live aspect of like um, obviously you know the studio audience and Saturday Night Live that whole that whole thing. I think it enhances it too because it does. Yeah, because it feels like we're when you know that there's an audience watching, it kind of makes you feel like we're all part of something awesome right now. Right. You know, as you're as you're watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course. Uh, who Will Stop the Rain is a song by Credence Clearwater Revival. And oddly enough, I played this song yesterday by accident. Like, not by accident, but just by coincidence. Because I was doing a lot of yard work and I had my uh, iPhone hooked up to the Bluetooth and it was what that song was on there. Yard looks good, by the way, sir. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> five hours of work. No. Five straight hours. One of the goofs that are mentioned on IMDb, I didn't mention, um, they say it's raining heavily, yet when Steve comes into the Bundy house, he's dry, but the box with the guinea pig he's holding is wet. I don't know why I do anything with IMDb on, and our, our show. Uh, it's just, a, at this point, a, a aspect of comedy to just... <laughs> no, I know why. I can make sense of that, because he's an animal hater, and he probably held it over his head to keep himself dry. Ooh, wow, you made it work, man. Only you. Yep. Only you can make that work. Savage. So Al gets electrocuted when he turns off his bedroom light. Good night, honey. Turn out the light. Oh, and be careful, Al. God, it smells like ham in here. <laughs> You'll grow to love that humor, but I could imagine it's probably jarring for somebody who just sat through the first three seasons. And all there were hints of this type of thing. Now we're seeing like electric electric uh, shock effects it's it's two episodes in a row that, i was that gonna out. say that he just got electrocuted last episode you know <laughs> technically two episodes before but that you know amazing yeah right like it's a lot and yeah he's already been electrocuted in how do i love thee and even like had, <laughs> he had all the lights go on around him so like there were signs of this kind of stuff right away you know <laughs> People who have a problem with that aspect, I love it. It adds so much because you don't see stuff like that on shows. Well, it's also, you know, I, <laughs> I love just like different variations of stupid, you know, like because because there's there's the wit humor and stuff like that. But like the physical comedy stuff, like I always, you know, I love that stuff. It's so it's so juvenile, but like. Seeing somebody get electrocuted <laughs> will never not be funny. It's just so dumb. Like, and then the the effects that they use around them with the blue, like it's just so stupid. Ah, and it's great. Like that is the fun of the show, <laughs> right? You exactly. Know? 
So how about Peg sitting in the kitchen with an umbrella and uh, moving it to catch water into a cup and drinking it? <laughs> like, wow. A new low. Well, then you think about how that water has dripped down from the roof, through the insulation, Ugh. through the, I mean, that is some nasty water. It's probably the worst water. I like her faucet isn't working. Like what's happening here? <laughs> Bud has special TV reception glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so totally working her from get go. Now, from the get go, as you're looking at this scene, do you notice anything a little odd about the Bud and Kelly to begin with on the couch? No. What was it? They are like smashed up against each other. Yeah. Like, wh- why are they sitting like that? I to wonder. avoid the water. Uh, well, it would have been. It would have made more sense if there was a bowl next to the, in the middle cushion catching water. But right. I don't think there was. So I always, I just looked at. I was like, why are they sitting like that? Hmm. Kelly has her. She brought back her famous jacket. That Jerry loves so much, with the Confederate flag on one side and the peace sign on the other. <laughs> so that that jacket's back for this uh, scene. Yeah, but they're they're sitting like really close, <laughs> and they're watching a snow TV. Why you'd even have it on? Maybe Bud set the whole thing up, and it, it was off before this. <laughs> <laughs> Bud, what are you watching? There's nothing but snow on the TV. <laughs> Gee. Looks great to me. Too bad you don't have these special TV reception adapter glasses. <laughs> like I do. Well, I want to see TV, too. Well, you can't. I've only got one pair. Would you uh, like to buy mine? How much? For you, 20 bucks. I don't trust you. Fine. Hey, the new Guns N' Roses video is coming on. <laughs> Does Axel ever wear a shirt? <sighs> Call it nerdy, but I wanted to just see if that could ever be true. I checked, and the only videos that were released in 1989 that could be new from Guns N' Roses was Sweet Child O' Mine and Patience. And he does not take his shirt off in either one of those videos. So <laughs> Bud is just an outright liar. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, he lied about everything. Because Sweet Child of Mine was like re-released. It was on their first album, uh, Appetite for Destruction. But for some reason it was re-released on some level and became bigger. I don't know. And Patience was like on their new album that year. It should have been the November Rain <laughs> they should have used. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't use any of them, did they? I mean, because they weren't actually right. there. So, <laughs> right. But yeah, that's that's cool though that you even brought that reference. That that's why I'm here. Cold November rain. Oh, I have one possible theory as to why they were sitting close on the couch, by the way. I'm thinking maybe because of because uh, you guys said earlier, like, I'm worried about the set, right? Maybe they had uh, certain camera tracks that only worked. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they were limited in that aspect, so they couldn't go and switch cameras. Well, cause... I thought it might be the framing, but right. there's room to the right of Bud even on the frame of the, the shot. I mean, to the left of Bud. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So, uh, so Kelly buys these glasses for twenty dollars, which in today's money is forty. <laughs> so for forty bucks, can you imagine that? She pays them. Give me. <laughs> hey, I don't see anything. <laughs> oh, great! You broke them. <laughs> now neither of us can watch TV. <laughs> Hey, Mom, I broke my reception glasses. Well, be more careful next time. Mom, I broke my reception glasses. Yeah. I like how she doesn't even ask for her money back. Like, listen. Yeah. Uh, nothing. She just accepts it. Yeah, I'm out 20 bucks. Oh, well. Uh, Al comes down 
in the most ridiculous moron on the roof suit ever. Uh, he has plungers on his feet, uh, which is a funny joke when he can't even like continue walking and has to have Peg rock him out of the. <laughs> yeah. But it's pretty weird that uh, Ed O'Neill was willing to walk down the stairs in those. That's kind of risky, right? As an actor. It's <laughs> I'd, true. I'd be like, uh, do you have a stunt man? You want to just do a, a foot shot on the way down the stairs and then I'll... Because <laughs> he even had to like walk around this thing that was on the landing of the stairs. Like, as if this isn't dangerous enough, he had to walk around this weird uh, thing that was on the landing. I didn't even know what it was, but... Probably tried to uh, get Kane Hodder, but he wasn't available. <laughs> yeah, they should have had Kane Hodder walk down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I will now proceed to fix the roof and the TV and prove once again... That with intelligence and vision, one man alone can face any challenge. <laughs> now, if someone will just rock me to break the suction, I'll be on my way. <laughs> I think wow just about covers it. <laughs> It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. I got sunshine on a cloudy day. When it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. Marcy had a little reaction to the Peruvian devil gerbil bite. <laughs> By the way, I goofed. I took home the poisonous one. <laughs> but that spilled milk. Anyhow, she's a little self-conscious. Could you just reassure her that she looks perfectly okay? Come show Peggy, honey. <laughs> Marcy comes in with, uh, like, a volleyball-sized pus-filled uh, hump on her back. She's hunched over, and she's twitching one of her eyes. <laughs> like, that is just um, – she couldn't look more foobar than that. <laughs> and probably never will, <laughs> even with the bullet through her hand. <laughs> The best line and such great delivery, and he had to wait for the audience to die down, too, when Steve goes. Now I ask you, is there any reason why this woman shouldn't go to work? <laughs> that is the line of the episode to me, man. I just laughed so hard at that. That was just brilliant. Like, as if, like, uh, you know, not just... Do you think it looks that, like, instead of being, like, a lame writer and just going, so do you think this looks bad? Tell her she looks fine. And just leaving mm -hmm. it at that, they actually brought in an aspect of how how Marcy has to now deal with this in the reality of her life. And right. say, like, okay, so how I'm supposed to go to work like this, you know? Like, just bringing in that kind of thing, it just puts it in a better perspective. And while I think that that's Steve's funniest line, I don't think that's even Steve's funniest moment in this episode. That comes in, like, you know, two seconds later. So, yeah, right. later, right. Yeah. Why don't we just get to the real reason you're angry? It's not that awful, disgusting, pus-filled hump at all. It's your small spirit. You're just jealous because I'm pursuing my dream. What dream would that be, Steve? Uh, obviously, Igor is the name of the hunchback uh, assistant for Frankenstein in 
I think young Frankenstein is oddly enough where he's more famous for that. Yeah, jokes on her. It should have been Fritz. <laughs> right, but uh, here's but the real Igor now is Bell Lugosi because uh, the three of us are on the Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast and we went in depth on these two movies, The Son of Frankenstein and The Ghost of Frankenstein, in which Bell Lugosi played a character named Igor which was not the assistant of Frankenstein. Right. He instead is just a guy who hung out with that the monster, the Frankenstein monster, a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bella Lugosi was referenced on Married with Children in But I Didn't Shoot the Deputy when Stephen Marcy named their dog Bella and Al asks him, you named your dog after Bella Lugosi? And <laughs> then he, he said, no, Bella something. And it was like some kind of Broadway guy or whatever, or a singer. Al falls off the ladder this time. You see the whole ladder collapse with him on the end of it. <laughs> and then you see Al shake his fist at the roof. <laughs> Did you guys see that? Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. That was a total cartoon move. Now, Peg, for some reason, is inor- inordinarily upset that Steve and Marcy are fighting. She's, like, really bothered by it. I think that is just writing to distract us from Al falling. Like, it's supposed to just show that they're not paying attention to him. Right. So they're kind of filling anything in right there. Right. Right? Is that what you got from that, too? Absolutely. 100%. And I I had thought about that, too. It's like the only time Peg really cares is uh, is to move things on and help things comedically for the show. For a hunchback and a, a duty scooper to fight? <laughs> now, aren't you ashamed? <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. Let's go home and cuddle. After you, my love. And uh, then they leave, and then then uh, the moment you talked about, Dan, Steve mocks Marcy with the walk. I died. That was so good, dude. That was so funny. It's so like (laughs) it was just perfect. Like he nailed it, dude. He he had that down. Mm -hmm. Now was that walk more akin to the young Frankenstein Igor walk? Yeah, I'd say so. Because I was wondering what exactly he's impersonating. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, maybe. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I don't know why I said yeah, because that that was dead on. For Lon Chaney. Yeah. And he did it so well. He did. And that just shows you that he he does not care. He has no empathy at all for Marcy. Which, there was a moment in this episode where I thought briefly, wow, you know, it's, he, it's, he seems so... Caring. Oh, I guess it was right before they walked out the door and he's like being nice to her. And so that's why it was struck me as so funny that he did that, uh, that he did that impression because I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't see it coming, I guess. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. He wanted Peg to comfort her and make her feel better. I think it's hilarious that that they use the Bundys as almost like an escape from each other. And and I also love how they they both show up in the house a lot of the times, but independently, almost like you know what I mean. Like so so when 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 he got his job there, and or and then you know obviously before that when she came in to tell him about the job and stuff like that. Like they they always just run to the Bundys like and and independently even. It's a weird dynamic. The whole thing, and just the fact that they're running to of all people the Bundys. Right. Like, are you kidding? Why can't we call a roofer? I mean, if it gets any wetter in here, the whole house is going to look like Bud's bed. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute, kids. It stopped leaking. You mean Dad actually did it? Hey, Dad! The roof stopped leaking! Was there ever any doubt? So Al actually fixed the roof. Yay. Nice. Yep. Now, does that imply, though, because when he when he when he talks, he talks, talks about his grandfather's father, for that matter, um, uh, when he cuts off his hand. Right. That would imply that, like, all Bundys are pretty bad at what they do. Right. Yeah. 
Or does that imply that regardless of how much abuse they take, they're still going to go and get the job done, you know? Like, he was talking like he was proud of it, but I wonder if he really was, despite the lost hand, you know? <laughs> you got, it's all perspective. Like, people are going to remember what they want to remember about anything, you know? Right. Even, like, people say nice things about Michael Jackson and then forget the idea that he had little kids sleeping in his bed with him. Allegedly. No, he, he admits that part. <laughs> you know, that was like a worldwide thing, like, come sleep in my bed. You're being ignorant, Alex. Stop being ignorant. <laughs> and like even even if he wasn't touching those kids, like that alone—that's weird, right? Yeah. Like, why is a forty-year-old guy? Why would you want to have sleepovers with? Like, if I went around the neighborhood and did that, it wouldn't be as acceptable because I can't walk backwards <laughs> <laughs> or hit a, a high note. You know, like, oh, I can't do that. So if I ask your kids to come sleep in bed with me. That's weird, but it's okay because he <laughs> sings really well. <laughs> it's cool for Michael Jackson, but when Alex does it, ooh, ooh now gotta, it's a problem. We got to put him on a list now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so people remember what they want to remember about everybody, and I think that's what that really is. You know, <laughs> even if there's like glaring omissions, right? It's all good. Honey, don't forget to fix the antenna. No problem. Daddy can do it. How is it? Still fuzzy. How about now? Oh, it's better. Keep doing what you're doing. How about now? <laughs> it's perfect, Al. Oh, you know, kids, we ridiculed him and made fun of him. Help me. But you know, this time we have to admit... Daddy did it. Help me. Al, at the climactic ending, falls off the roof once more, but what breaks him from falling all the way down is the antenna again. Is the antenna. (laughs) Once again, oddly enough. But this time, it uh, falls just the right way, and they are all watching TV in its uh, purest form. Which... I feel like uh, goes back to a, a similar thing that we can all relate to as a kid where when you're trying to get reception on those TVs with the antenna and holding it at the exact <laughs> right place, you know, yeah. and like it's just kind of like uh, that's that's uh, today's version of the antenna is like with like, say, a, defa- uh, a faulty phone charger. You know, <laughs> or or like headphones where you got to keep it just right and stuff like you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. When the wires start to go or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to hold it just right and then set it down very carefully right. and don't <laughs> jostle it. And don't you dare bang your head in those headphones because that ain't gonna work out for you. Yeah, no, yeah. There's no head banging at that point. No. <laughs> no, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, how many times are we falling off the roof for Who'll Stop the Rain out of five, Dan? I would say a solid three, and I think that might be my lowest rating so far. I thought I thought some of the jokes were great. Um, you know, Kelly had some moments. I liked that moment with her and Bud, obviously. Um, I it just, there was a lot that I would like. Um, I was going between a 3 and a 3.5, but I would say a solid 3. Good episode for sure. Yeah. How about you, Jamie? Uh, well, I'm pretty much in the same headspace as Dan. I, I know sharing headspace with you is kind of scary. <laughs> um, like there, it finally happened. This isn't an iconic episode, so I can't really, like, you know, it's no Sam Kinison episode. But it does have some really solid moments. It has some very funny jokes. 
And there's something that just cracks me up about a hunchback and a duty scooper. I don't know why, but I get a kick out of that. So I am going to go that little extra bit, and I'm going to fall off the roof three and a half times. So I guess I'm just hanging on to the antenna. <laughs> you hung up by the antenna. <laughs> She's hung up on it. Yeah. She, she didn't fall all the way down for the last time. But Jamie, Jamie, don't move them. <laughs> yeah, stay right where you are. <laughs> this sounds great. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite of you guys. For some reason, it struck me more than usual. I'm going four and a half out of five. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, I know exactly what you're saying, but I just don't feel the same way. Because, like I said, I just really recognized for some reason that everybody was on their A game. I mean, mm. the... The lowest of the A game was the premise. I'm not um, big on episodes like that where it's like, you know, I didn't rate the ma- to build a better mousetrap very high. You know, um, to me, it just sounds that my thought of it is boring. Like, oh, yeah, it's when we're Al's going through the house trying to get the mouse. And, you know, I don't want to watch it. This one, I probably thought that when I before I saw this one again, but I recognized that everyone's on their A game. The writing is strong through the whole thing. I yeah. love the interactions in the... I mean, probably the, the first interaction about the sex and the 2 o'clock thing, I think that was the weakest part of the whole thing. Yeah. And then from there, every single exchange is really great, straight from Al falling off the roof for the first time and the kids watching and laughing. From that point, all their interactions back in the bedroom with Al and Peg, Peg is just shining in this episode. She's just really killing it. And great deliveries. Great Steve and Marcy segments. Both of them were on fire. Mm-hmm. It was a, a little clunky when he comes in with the with the gerbil. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is kind of weird. But then it pays off so great. And, like, such great commitment by uh, Amanda Burst. The way she, you know, played that part up with the, after the bite and stuff. Mm-hmm. Al's whole thing. And, you know... It's just, I don't know, I just really liked it. So, yeah. gotta give it a 4.5, and that's really uncharacteristic of me, but I don't know, something struck me about this one. Tune in next week as we review a taxing problem. Faced with an IRS audit, Al cooks up a harebrained scheme to earn extra money, but Peg's not gonna like it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 